for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and as always, I've got, I'm just going to throw this out there, I've got the best co-host in podcasting. I'm, I'm going to at least say hunting outdoor podcast. Justin Fabian is on the other line, as always. He wasn't here last week, but he yeah, is not here today, as always. So. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was having a moment last week. I know your dad was on, and I, I'm sorry I missed that, but we were supposed to go to Montana and I say supposed to because it didn't end up happening. So I was, I was having a little bit of a temper tantrum about it, and I was just like, it, <laughs> it, it ruined my day. And I was just like, I was kind of pissed off, and I was like, ah, whatever. I just, but I had no idea. I thought you were still in Montana. You and I did not talk or nothing. No, I'm like, I know. And then I, I text you a couple days afterwards. I'm like, how'd Montana go? And you're like, ah, well, we didn't get to go. And I'm like, oh shit, because my yeah. dad wanted to, he was like fully expecting you to be there and he's like i want to give him some shit so i told my dad we're gonna to have to have him back on and uh you're you gotta be there you have to make the next one that we have him on All so right. well as long as it's not august 15th because uh <laughs> i don't I, I think i've mentioned it in a few in the recent past about how many tags i applied for and uh lo and behold i drew every single one of them <laughs> you're I, I, we're going to get into it with this interview with Josh, but I'm going to tell you, you are the luckiest guy I think I know, <laughs> probably. I mean, you apply for 37 tags, you get 37 tags, I feel like. <laughs> Man, if, I think if I, if any time I should have applied for something bigger, I, I should have done it this year, but I drew... Yukon Moose, you should have went with it. I know, I should have. That was my plan for the last two years, and I never do it, but... Um, I drew all the deer tags, I should say. I did put in for like mountain goat and bison and uh, bighorn sheep and all that crazy shit. But um, I drew I drew deer tags for Utah, New Mexico, and South Dakota. 
And the South Dakota is statewide, any deer, mule deer or whitetail. Uh, Utah and New Mexico are both mule deer. So I'll so have, I've got South three. Dakota, you can kill either whitetail or mule deer. Yep, on either side of the river, anywhere statewide. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Yep. So are, so are you going to go all public land? Are you going to do any outfitters or what are you doing? Um, I'm doing an outfitter in New Mexico. Um, I applied to New Mexico with an outfitter. Do you have better odds? And honestly, it's I, I've filmed out there with this guy before, and um, you know, I've just kind of maintained a relationship with him over the years through social media and just kind of busting each other's balls, you know, throughout that time. And that's just how it goes. And he's like, "Yeah, come on out. Like, if you draw, we'll send you the contract. If not." No harm done. I was like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Put me in for mule deer, archery mule deer in January. And uh, and you drew it. <laughs> I, I'm the only one that put in with him for that that drew the tag. So it's just him and I who have, me and the outfitter, have archery mule deer tags for. Oh, that'll be prime, nice. you have run of the mill, though. Prime mule deer rut, run of the mill. I mean, it is all, it's all BLM land that he hunts on, he operates on, but to have have him as a resource and his guides and be the first ones in there with bows in January. Like dude. And not only that, like the reason I decided I wanted to go with an outfitter and specifically this one is he has killed more mountain lions in the state than anybody else statewide. So he has been killing all the predators out there. And I know firsthand from other people who've elk hunted out there, They've they've seen bigger mule deer the last two years than they've seen in the last nine that they've been elk hunting out there. So there's a you're serious gonna kill a giant dude. crop That's of with mule bow? deer out there. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna kill a giant. That's yeah, gonna I, be sweet. I hope so. It's one on one, just us, and there's nobody else unless he has lion hunters out there at that time. But we're the only ones hunting deer. Yep. So, did you put in for Kansas this year? No, I didn't end up doing it. I. I kind of went back and forth throughout the day. I went down to the deadline, and then I woke up the next day, and I was like, "Son of a bitch! I I never I never decided." I remember us talking <laughs> about it. I know I was, I wanted to, and I mean, I don't know. In hindsight, I'm kind of kind of glad I didn't, but um, I don't know. It's another five hundred bucks, and I'm still unemployed, so I guess that's <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. I didn't spend that money, yeah. but you know, I I also drew that. You know, having gotten New Mexico, there's a substantial out-of-pocket cost for that. So I'm, I'm not disappointed. I have two tags for um, Iowa, and I'll do Wisconsin again with Cooper. So I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, that's a good slate, though. I mean, right yeah. now, for me, I've got obviously Michigan, and then I put in for Kansas Gun to get a firearm tag which we're recording this intro on the 21st of may today was the the drawing or the results came out yep. and when i went in to look all of us like chris casey you know lee adam all those guys and it just says entered so i don't know if they've actually drawn ours yet but i do have some buddies that did pull their archery tag so the guys that went down um, and did the public land last year they all drew this year for archery. So I'm going to guess probably by the time this podcast goes live, I should know if I was successful or not. So as of right now, it's only Michigan, but I did apply for, 
for Kansas, and I've got a I've got a pretty good bead on Northern Indiana right now. The only hiccup that I could see that being is just not having enough time to be able to go yeah. hunt. Because um, Casey and I obviously, you know, attached at the hip, so wherever he goes. But we are looking at possibly new farms in um, Illinois or Missouri, so I could possibly be pulling a tag with him. You know, if he goes either nice. there or Ohio, so. We'll see. It's kind of up in the air. We'll do definitely. We'll do a podcast. We usually always do one about you know our hunts when they're in stone, like what we're gonna do this year. Yep. I wanted to get to Wisconsin, but this year I'm just not gonna be able to. I it's it's gonna happen. I mean, I got a couple guys reached out to me and said, "Hey, if you want to hunt Wisconsin, like let me know. We'll get you set up." So that's pretty cool. I yeah. appreciate it. you guys know who you are. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'll see if Kansas comes through. That'd be cool because I'm not gonna lie. I haven't toted a rifle in a while, long time. I haven't. I mean, yeah, every late season I kill a doe or or one or two for meat around here. Um, but other than that, like to actually go out and kill a buck and have like deer camp, I haven't been able to do that yet. So I'm hoping, hoping that I pull that tag. Yeah, That's gonna be, be a great. fun week for sure. How would uh? I would hope you guys gravitate towards Missouri over over Illinois. Although I know you have some serious history in Illinois, but Missouri is if you get the right place like in northern Missouri, I mean it's it's one of the few quality whitetail states left that has over the counter archery and rifle tags for non residents. And their rifle season yeah. starts like at the absolute peak of the rut. Like like November twelfth or something like that, eleventh, two hundred bucks for a non-resident rifle over the counter. Yep, and that's that's the biggest difference between Illinois and Missouri to me is the tag price because in Illinois, you can kill a buck with your bow and a gun, so yeah. like you can kill two bucks there as a non-resident, which you're all right, Casey and I have had unbelievable luck um, in Illinois killing giant two booners we killed there, but. Missouri, I've killed, uh, I've killed some good bucks there with my bow, and I love Northern Missouri, <laughs> love it too. Yeah. Like I totally agree with you. So we'll see. I mean, we're actually looking at somewhere in that central to northern part of Missouri, somewhere in there, or in Illinois. I mean, I guess anywhere the right farm comes up in those two states, we're gonna try to jump on that. But we'll see. I mean, a lot hey. could happen. This COVID. COVID things going on. Who knows if we're even going to be able to get a new farm? Yeah, and listen, I'll take this for what it is, and I mean, we can we can roll it around with with the red beards. But if if you guys would be interested, I would. If you end up in northern Missouri, I would pitch in on that. Have somebody close to maintain it, check cameras, do some recon while you guys you know run the season or figure out what to do. Just be a little closer, and might open up some doors for me to hunt a little more too. That'd be nice. Yeah, for sure. And that might be one of those things too where depending on your job situation in the fall, we might need we might need a freelance guy. Yeah. You know, so no, that might be a possibility for sure as well if you want to jump on that. Yeah, I'm selfishly holding out for that. Like I'm <laughs> I'm I want to stay in the freelance game. I don't want a real job again. <laughs> but I it's one right. of those things time may I don't know. The, the time versus it. bank account. 
<laughs> you get wages, yep. you know. Definitely. <laughs> and the bank account goes down a lot faster, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, especially with all those hunts that I have on the book on the book. Yep. But Well cool man. I know everybody's turning us off right now. We haven't even got to the interview yet with Josh, so Let's get over to that. Today we are recording with Josh Prophet. We did actually record with him back on episode 18, so really new to the podcast. He hasn't been on in almost two years. So this is an awesome podcast. Hopefully everybody enjoys it. Don't forget, we do have some codes over at IamHumanimal.com. Go redeem those codes and uh, save some money on some cool gear. So appreciate it, and uh, let's jump over to this interview with Josh. Well, Josh, we're recording. Just so you know, we're just gonna run this okay. thing, man. Um, I'm just gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of get into it right here, and uh, I guess we're back. You know, another episode of the Fall Podcast, and got a return guest on, Josh Prophet, coming from the Bluegrass State of Kentucky. Um, I mean, you were on uh, just about two years ago. I mean, you were pretty one of the first episodes. I think number eighteen, you were on. And, Roughly something like that. Yep, yeah. and that was before Justin. So Justin came on shortly after that. So now he's here. So I'm excited, man. We've been kind of talking, you know, the last couple weeks. I'm excited to get you on here and bullshit a little bit and see what you've been up to. Catch up a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm definitely ready to cut it up. You know, I think the three of us are definitely going to have a good time on here, especially uh, now that I know we got some life from Iowa on the line. <laughs> you know, we should just flip the script and just give him shit the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can do that, but I'm coming back at you for every y'all and any other, any other thing I want to point out. Uh, I will. I will agree. I mean, you guys are in the south and. You know, y'all is, it's, I, you know, everybody up here, I've got buddies that say y'all and I'm like, I just want to be like, you kind of can't say that. Like, it's just not, it's not your thing. You know, you've never really been to the South. Like, you know, you just can't say it. What's your take on that, Josh? I mean, from you hearing a Northern person saying y'all. That's that's normal to me, but I mean, I don't even think y'all sell sweet tea in Michigan. Well, sweet tea's bad for you. You gotta go unsweet. Okay, Mister Mountain Dew. <laughs> hey, I was somewhere up north, and I asked for sweet tea, and I promise they looked at me like I was crazy. I can't remember if it was Wisconsin or Michigan, but it was somewhere up there. They probably did look at you yeah, weird they, because I don't really know of anybody around here that drinks sweet tea. Yeah, they, they brought you. A, they brought you a uh, nest tea and a sweet and low packet. <laughs> yeah, so y'all and sweet tea go hand in hand. It's kind of like your right hand in a in a bush light or something. Hey, wow, you just right. read my mind because I've got a bush light in my right hand right now, and it's you got uh, the new can. I do for the farmers right here, man. There it's the go. corn. They taste so much better out of this can for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, see, it's it's no coincidence that they come out and at the same time as that new Yeti twenty four, the Roadie twenty four. You could fit way more in there, and yep, new looks all around. Yeah, I I like it. I've I've had a few of them today, and I've got three of them here. I figured this was going to be about a three beer podcast, so uh, we'll see where it uh, ends us. Here. I figured we'd just be getting started on three. <laughs> You're not drinking them fast enough. I guess I'm not. Jeez, oh, I need to start pounding these things, get on your level. 
You've been gone all day today, though. I mean, you've been driving basically all day, like running your 8,000 trail cams that you run. I don't, I, I, I still don't understand your system and how you keep track of every damn camera that you have. Literally, I mean, how many cameras are you running now? 70. Se- that's it? I thought you were like 100 and some. <laughs> it's uh, between me and a couple buddies, it, it was at that, but I personally have 70. Jesus, man, that is so many trail cams. It really is. It's a got lot your, of intel. <laughs> got your sweet tea in the in the igloo <laughs> water cooler from the soccer team oh, <laughs> while you're riding around. <laughs> oh my gosh! It, t- today has been rough, man. I set my alarm for four thirty. I got up. At, I walked out the door at five. I had about a two and a half hour drive to where I was going. Man, I've just haven't walked very much. I walked about eight and a half miles today. Uh, I'm sorry, seven and a half miles, but man, it just hasn't been going good for me. <laughs> were you putting cameras out today or were you like first pull of the year kind of thing? So I had, uh, I had an Exodus render, which is Exodus uh, cell camera. I had one of those down south on a big piece of public and then uh, two just uh, two regular cameras. I went and grabbed those. I needed to pull them. They were there from last year. And I come back home to a new piece, a uh, 11,500 acre piece, and I got that cell camera out. And that, that pretty much took me to about 3.34 o'clock. So about, it's about a 12-hour day for me. I got gotcha. you. So are you doing, was that today, and are you doing the same thing tomorrow, or are you pretty much done for a little while? You know, I think I'm going to be done for a little bit. Like, during this pandemic, it's it's really a toll on my work so i'm right now i'm working two weeks and i'm furloughed two weeks so it's i've never had this much time to, to be in the woods so i kind of don't know what to do with myself <laughs> it's a good problem to have yeah i mean i've been burning it up you know turkey season i got to hunt a few different states and i got my cameras out a month early i'm starting to get them out a month early so i mean it's um it's looking good i hope this lasts the rest of the year for me yep have you been seeing any bucks showing yet? I mean, any, I mean, we've got a couple around here. I've seen probably the biggest ones probably been three inch, you know, bait or not, not around circumference, but tall off his head. Probably about the biggest I've seen so far. I have not. Um, I did see two bucks today, but they were both really young bucks. I, I'm almost positive. They were year and a half old bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I've seen is, is pretty much what everybody else has seen, what people are posting, you know, um, I did see one deer on the ground that was already about out to his ears, so I was very impressed with that. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's the only deer that I've seen that's looked like that. But no, I, to answer your question, I really haven't. Justin, I haven't even asked you that question. Have you been seeing anything out there in uh, in Iowa? Not in downtown Des Moines. <laughs> 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 no. He. <laughs> I think he's sandbagging us. I bet he's already got a couple one twenties on camera. He probably does. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's he just he he plays a, a smooth hand of Dick the Dog, so he makes everybody think that, and then he just goes out and smacks one on the ground with his bow, self film, perfect footage. It just happens every year. I feel like. <laughs> I yeah, don't so know what to say. Sunshine, you, dog's ass. You know that how that goes. <laughs> Oh man, but so Actually, you, I'm sorry, what, go, go ahead. ahead. 
I was just going to say I listened to a podcast of y'all's today, and it was one y'all did with Byron, and uh, I guess I, was, I brought me up to speed on the two-year anniversary, roughly, and the uh, most recent turkey hunt with no camera. <laughs> he did. He, yep. he ditched the camera. Can you believe that? A guy that is so dedicated goes out and says, fuck the camera, and he just goes and kills a bird. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I, I, I need to get Josh's <laughs> thoughts. Oh, man. I, I've been there. It's the best feeling ever just to throw the camera in the truck and take <laughs> off. Like, it's so yes. good. Yeah. That's what, and that's exactly what it was. I was just like, wife slept in, and I was like, I'm just going to hunt. I'm done. I'm done screwing around. Yep. No, as much shit as I give you, I, I agree. I mean, I've, I've done it before on deer, but you feel so bad after you kill something, and you're like, mother crapper like i should have had a camera with me you know yeah i felt a little guilty but at the same time walking out of there with just a shotgun and a turkey on my shoulder not a tripod two cameras pockets full of batteries microphone i was like i can get used to this again (laughs) yeah that's uh that's when you go into kill mode oh yeah yeah. i mean instincts just take over Definitely. Josh, are you still filming? Man, not really. I mean, I have everything to do it with, but it's just my my time is so limited, and both of y'all know what it takes. And, you know, nothing's changed for me. Is it, you know, I I still got four days a month, just like it was last time I did a podcast with you. That's all I got. And I would just rather hunt than film i mean i really would i mean i have a camera i still take pictures but i'm not filming anything dude you got you got some solid images i like looking at your images you're doing a good job with that man i'm impressed i appreciate it (laughs) yeah i like that and so the four day a month deal i forgot about that like you literally only get four days a month now do you know what four days those are gonna be like or is it just one of those things like the week of your you'll know then or is it you just know going into you know let's say october no so i get i get all of my kids every other weekend so that's pretty much my family time yep and then so you know on you know the off weekend is normally when i try to typically spend my time in the woods and that's spent scouting running cameras and hunting you know it's i gotta do all those i gotta crunch all those down in four days so yep how was your season last year i didn't even end up you know getting with you or catching up at all on that how how did whitetail season end up for you okay so i got i have a couple videos out i need to shoot you a link um from exodus they come in they filmed uh we filmed like kind of like an august uh pre-hunt camera run and then we filmed, filmed a uh, Whitetail Cribs episode. But, I saw uh, that. I saw that. If, if you didn't know, basically every deer that I knew of last year died from EHD. I found two burners in a week, a 174 and a 191. Holy shit. My, my number two target bucks, were I found Just both babies. of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming from the Iowa guy. so my 19 season was my worst season uh for killing that i've ever had it i mean it was it was honestly kind of stressful (laughs) 
how many deer did you find from EHD then? How many like uh, how many shooter bucks did you have that were on the hit list? You know, my hit where I hunt at that particular WMA, I only hunt public, and normally about middle to la- the latter part of October is when my hit list is normally three quarters of the way full. So, you know, I normally don't have all of my bucks until then, but I don't know. I'm going to say, let's just say I had um, 15 shooters last year, and I'm going to say that I lost 13 of them. Just, you know, just throwing a number out there. Holy cow. And that was all the EHD? Yeah, I found 21 in two weeks, not even looking for them, just trying to check my cameras. Holy shit. I did the not woods, realize it was so bad down there. It was real isolated in the area I was, and literally, I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say this, the woods smelled like death. Like, you could open your truck in the parking lot, and it didn't no matter where you went, you smelled dead deer. Oh. Wow. Man, that's... Aaron, actually, quick offshoot of that. Remember, uh, actually, when I first met you down in Texas at Dean's in Sonora, yep. when you were filming with uh, Haley and Geo? Yep. Um, so that ranch that we hunted on, um, the place I used to work at, when I was down there in March, I stopped in to see those guys, and um, it was last year, but that entire place is wiped out of whitetails. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but anthrax exists naturally in the ground, and you have to have like these perfect conditions for it to, to come out of the ground. It's a spore, like a mold, and it killed all their cattle. Um, a bunch of their sheep and like 95% of all their whitetails. Anthrax? On that anthrax, yep. How does that, like, what are those conditions? Do you know what those conditions are? Yeah, it's, it's, it's regional. So like it it is isolated, like in this little triangle portion of Texas, like a 90 mile area, but you need to have like extremely arid summers. So super hot really dry, no rain, and then all of a sudden, like, flooding conditions in the spring, like, just lots of rain. It's got to go from one extreme to the other, from dry to wet, and it just surfaces out of the ground. Holy shit. I mean, what do you do? I mean, we... What do you do when your herd is decimated? Yeah, and that's exactly where they're at with it, and he's like, man, I'm... He's surviving on axis hunts down there right now, but when you just said... Josh, when you said walking around, the woods smelled like death. Like he said the same thing. Like his sister got engaged. They were on the ranch doing doing engagement photos, and they couldn't stand it. The smell was so bad. I mean, there was wow. there was three dead bulls in a water tank, like in a they call them tanks. It's like a little pond, a little watering pond. But three dead bulls there. You know, other bulls that were found dead in the shade. Of course, hogs survive, but you know, all the deer gone and that's his livelihood i mean that's he's yeah. an out he's an outfitter <laughs> you know yeah and now that's to come crazy. into now to come into the next season and deal with covid19 and shutdowns and quarantine restrictions and travel bans and it's like i, I don't know how he's doing it but wow. you can hunt access deer all year long and you can find him hardhorn and velvet twice a year so he's that's crazy there. That's crazy. Josh, when you when you were finding all those deer, I mean, what was your thought process like? Shit, like, I mean, were you finding a majority of bucks or was it, I mean, everything? 
everything a lot of older deer a lot of older deer yeah. if if i could break it down to you this easy like i normally my hit list normally consists of between 40 and 50 deer a year that's a solid pope and young um last year on that particular piece of property i may have had five total wow which i normally have that i normally have that on every on a lot of my cameras just you know one general area and um it was just devastating man it, it i had all of my eggs and you know one basket on that piece of property it was almost six thousand acres and it, that happened in september you know right when season come in so it literally put me at a scramble um all season long and i just i could not make my ends meet man i just man i struggled did you know or did anybody around know that you know ehd was hitting or was it one of those things that just kind of like showed up and it was a surprise to everybody uh, it was a surprise so i have you know some good friends in that general area and then we we literally all started finding them at the exact same time and it was just and that p- part of the county i mean it just wiped them out it killed them i, I my honest opinion it at least killed 70 percent of the herd holy yeah, shit that's just judging by what my cameras have told me since 2016, you know, I'm talking that this piece of property, I've had six booners on it in one year on camera. Um, and, you know, come November last year, I didn't have four 130s. So it's just, it was devastating, man. <laughs> so did you have anything make it through on camera? I know, I know you run a lot of cameras all year, so when you went and pulled those cameras after season just to kind of get a little recon or, you know, figure out what made it through, did you get any any decent young deer or even mature deer that made it through at all? Uh, two or three. That's it. Now, I hadn't had all my cameras out, okay? I may have had, let's just say, roughly 25 out. Yeah. But I, I started pulling them because they weren't doing me any good, and I was leaving my ones in, in my go-to spots. So I, I was leaving them for the rest of the season, the ones that always produce the most. But, like, I pulled two cameras this week that have been out has not have not been checked since last September. They were both in primo spots. Uh, both of them have been in areas that produce Boone and Crockett deer. Uh, both cameras – uh, still had battery life when I checked them. They were not dead. One camera didn't have but one year and a half old buck on it all season. Another one had a couple young bucks and one solid mid-130s. I couldn't tell how old he looked, but that was it. So one shooter between those two cameras that were out all season. Wow. And those and you were saying those are your two, two of your best spots. They were two. They were two good spots. Um, it's bad enough that I won't hunt there next year. I didn't hunt there after September. After the first couple weekends, I I, I knew, I knew enough. I'd already seen enough. I so I pulled out. Holy crap! So I mean, what's your game plan going in? Like obviously, right now, you know we're end of May, going into June here. You know, and I'm gonna start getting my cameras out here shortly. I mean, like quick. I like to get my cameras out here Memorial Day, like around there, and you know, or in June sometime, like what, what's your game plan? If you're thinking 70% of your herd is gone in that area, I mean, are you pulling out of that area altogether? Are you still going to, you know, grind it out and see if you can find something? So I'm going to run, 
I'm going to say five to eight cameras in just high quality spots on that particular WMA. But um, between that happening last year and, and me scrambling, the, the WMAs around my house that I used to hunt, other than this one, are quota hunts now. So you only get drawed every other year. Um, so I could not hunt them last year. And to be honest with you, like I like to hunt these public parcels like they're my own. You know, I treat the deer like they're mine. I, yep. I just hunt it like it's my own piece of property. And then so I, I kind of wanted to stay away from them because I didn't want to mess with the every other year hunting. And so that, that, that really didn't leave me many options. So it pushed me last year about two and a half hours south to a great big, uh, almost a 200,000 acre chunk of public. And the deer density was real low, but the, but the quality of bucks as far as the rack was there. I had uh, one 200 inch deer on camera uh one other booner but it just that big woods hunting I, I could not put it together in a few short weeks i just i couldn't do it not even in the luck of november so rolling into this year i have found a piece that i've known about for a long time it is it's really weird it's um it's a coal mine property that does a, a surface operation so basically they they strip the timber or they cut the timber really hard, and then they mine it, and then they come back in, they put topsoil on, they replant it in like WRP or CRP, and then, you know, whatever trees they want. So there's 11,500 acres just right outside of town that is, um, you pay a trust trespasser's fee to hunt. And it's ran under statewide regulation, so it's not ran by the state but it's, it's more or less public hunting. I mean, you pay a small fee to hunt there. Yeah, kind of like and, a lease, um, really, I mean, right? Yeah, a lease, but, I mean, you're in on it with everybody. Yep. You know, you can't, yep. pick, you can't pick your partners. I think there's 200 permits. Two, 200 to 220 is what he told me he's going to sell. I think the bow hunting is going to be good if I can get on the deer. I think it's going to be horrible during rifle season. I was going to say, is it is it going to be open to gun season or is it just strictly archery? No, it's... It's uh it's under statewide regulation, so pretty much all the rut will be gun hunting there. Man, so when you mean strip it, do you mean like they mow it down, like every tree gone? Completely. Okay. So if there's 500 acres of woods there and and they want to mine it, they completely take it. It's all gone. And then they'll just put top topsoil back and then re replant it and you know, WRP, put some trees here and there. So a lot of the places that I've been running around, like I can't even get a tree. I can't even get a stand in a tree. <laughs> That's crazy. You need to go just straight <clears throat> Apache though. I mean, you're you're already trad. Just start. Yeah, I'm thinking about trying to shoot one of the slingshot this year. I've got to check <laughs> the rules and regulations. You would, man. I feel like you would be that guy that would actually tote it toad a string uh, a slingshot and get out there and just try to try to arrow one with a slingshot <laughs> i'd watch it i'd tune in for sure <laughs> I, I um i do feel pretty good about it i cut some big tracks today um you know i've always said that's one thing a deer can't hide is like his is his foot track you know it's like a signature and i did cut some big tracks today i know that they do kill some nice deer on that property but I'm used to hill country. That's what I like to hunt. I like to hunt big woods 
with ag here and there and a lot of topography you know you can just predict the deer movement so much better and this this place here is just so flat and the what timber is there is literally just it's a thicket and i've always said like if a, if a rabbit likes it a deer likes it but man i can't even hardly get around in the woods right now there it's it's that thick yep what's what is a big track to you do you i mean i know a lot of guys are like you know they'll measure them i, I know guys in michigan that'll measure them and they'll like log them like this is how like after they kill a buck they'll get them aged and then they'll measure their track you know and then it's like okay so this year's track was you know whatever three and three quarters like have you ever measured a track or do you just mean like man that that's a big track like you just know man I, as a general rule of thumb i like to stick with some i like to stick with something that's at least five thousand acres continuous but that's slowly changing because i'm losing i'm losing my partials <laughs> Well, I'm I like as far as timber, I get that, but like I'm talking about a physical deer track, or, or were you talking about? Oh, were you talking about like acres? Uh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood your question. Oh no, you're good. Acres. You're good. No, I was just. I, I have not, man. I, I have not actually measured the track, but I mean, when you see that, when you see that big track, you know. Yeah. When that dew claws in the ground on some hard, solid ground and like I'm not just talking like you, you look for a, a, a couple tracks because you know, a deer can slip or something and it makes his, his foot his for sure. look a little bigger. But if you follow that track and you look at every foot track or, or every hoof print, like you get a pretty good idea. And I found two of those today in one field. I guess it could have been the same buck, but I was I was impressed with. Yeah. Justin, you ever measured a track? Because I know you, I mean, you lived with deer for a long time. I mean, you've worked in high fence operations, you know, breeding operations. You basically, like, study deer. So have you ever measured a track, or is there a rule of thumb you go by? Um, not Nothing really, you know, specific or one little detail that I look for, but it's just <clears throat> one of those things, like, when you see it, you're like, holy shit, that's... Right. That's That's the one... But it, it, there's what's always like blown my mind is how <clears throat> there's nothing to tie them to any other sign. Like it, it doesn't always mean like a big rub is a big deer, you know. But right, a big yep. track is a big deer. There's there's nothing else that that substantiates that piece of sign like a track. Right. Uh, it's you, like, don't, it, you don't you don't always know how big his track is, but you can guarantee you that he's older because he's he's got some weight right. on him. Yeah, and, like, I've always read, like, um, you know, a lot of guys will compare it to, like, um, a rifle cartridge. Like, if it's as long as, like, a two seventy cartridge, you know, it's not so much the width, it's the length of the hoof from what I've read. Yep. And, I mean, in my experience, it's it's kind of held true, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'm sorry, go <clears throat> ahead, keep going. I cut you off there. No, I was just going to say, like, it has a lot to do, like, like Josh said, if it's, you know, hard ground and it's, you can tell it hasn't rained or, you know what I mean? But if, if, if it's not like claw, mud or, heavy or to wet. His, yeah. Right. Right. If it's, I mean, I'm not going to put a lot of merit in a hoof or in a print that looks, you know, giant at a riverbank crossing, you know, it's like, okay, he probably slid four inches into it. But I mean, if yep. he's on a ridge walking through an oak flat and you can put your hand down there and it fits between your thumb and the tip of your index finger. I mean, that's, that's a good track. 
Agree. Agree. Yeah, I there's a couple guys that I know of, not buddies with, but in Michigan, they actually they kill a buck, they'll get it aged, and they'll measure it. And they're like, okay, so if this this buck was four years old, they'll get like a rough estimate of, I mean, every deer is different. It's not like, I mean, you know, you could have two guys that are 34 years old and one wears a 15 size shoe and the other one wears a, a nine, you know, it's just like, I think they're a lot like humans. So it's, you know, but you try to get that general idea, but I agree, you know, and the reason why I kind of, I think <clears throat> about this and ask you is because. One of my really good buddies killed two great Michigan bucks a couple years ago. Um, one went 144, the other one went 138. Killed them both, both with his his bow. We figured they were at least three and four years old, at least three years old. He got the teeth back, and they're both two and a half years old. So it's like, I mean, just stud two and a half year old deer and we were talking about the bigger one the bigger of the deer he had pictures of that that deer the year before and he he was like 100 to 115 inch deer as a year and a half old so you know he was born and was probably let's just say maybe a four five or six point the first year his first fall or a spike or a button buck and then he jumped to a hundred inch deer at least it's like holy shit and then he jumps another 40 inches or so it's like, wow, like, you know what? It's like in Michigan, for one thing, is like, are we judging these deer totally wrong? Because you go out west, you know, I've hunted a lot in Illinois and Kansas and Iowa, and I know you guys have as well, but, like, you have those comparisons. Like, you have a deer come by, you just know he's like, okay, that deer is like two or three years old. You just know. You can tell. You've seen a lot of them. But then you have a deer, a mature buck come by, and it's like, fuck he's he's a mature deer like you know big thick neck he's got you know sway back you could just tell so here two and three year old deer you don't see a lot of four or five year old deer around here so i just i just find it interesting after he got those teeth back i'm like holy shit like i mean what are we killing around here (laughs) you know there is potential (laughs) here yep you guys just have too many hunters per per square mile i think yeah, I mean that that's one that's, thing for sure. But I just like any I mean, I'll ask you guys, both you guys, if you have a buck that comes by, he's let's say he's 140, you know, are you I mean, it'd be hard to pass that deer up. I'm not going to lie, even if <laughs> and you get him on the ground and he's two and a half, you're like, "Oh well, shit, probably should have let him go." But any Michigan hunter, I'm not going to lie, any Michigan hunter is not going to pass that 144-inch deer up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't either in New York. Like if, if I was hunting places I used to hunt when I grew up, like, I mean, I've, I've never even seen a 140 where I hunted in New York. Right. Because it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it's not that like, if I don't shoot him, the neighbor will mentality. I, I don't think it's that. It's just, there's so many people that hunt, you know, and all they want to do is go out and be successful. They don't care if it's a 140 or a 120. Yep. And that's a good buck though. I mean, you're not thinking, you're not like, oh, if I let this thing go, the neighbor's going to kill it. You're thinking, that's one of the bigger deer I'll ever have an opportunity at. Like, I'm going to kill that deer. I mean, that's the way I guess I look at it. Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you the truth right now, like, I I wouldn't pass a 140 in Iowa either. If I was on public land and a 140 walks by me, I'm probably shooting it. (laughs) You and just about everybody out there. 
<laughs> well, I'm not like I'm not invested into property out here. Like I'm not I don't have a relationship with deer on a year to year basis. You know, it's I'm lucky if I find a thousand acre piece of public land that's, you know, continuous that I can actually roam around on or try to figure out, let alone look for the the one biggest deer on the whole thing, you know? So right. it's like I'm I'm just there to hunt. Like I'm 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 hunting I'm hunting Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, I'm hunting multiple states and it's not like I am waiting for the one. Right. I'm waiting for one that walks by in range. <laughs> Josh, what's your criteria going out of state? Because you're a public land guy. I mean, even if you were private land, like if you're going, I mean, you're close to Illinois and Ohio. Like if you're going out of state, what's your criteria if you're going on like a six, seven day hunt maybe? Oh, I shoot on a heartbeat, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) You don't want to get my blood pumping because something's going to die. Yep. No, I've changed as I've got older. You know, I used to be cocky and arrogant, but man, anymore, you need to set your own goals and and you need to shoot what, whatever you want to. And it doesn't, because all jokes aside, like nobody really cares what you shoot. Like, I don't care what you shoot. You don't care what I shoot. Like, just shoot what makes you happy. Yep. And, you know, typically across the board, I want that solid three-year-old, but, you know, I'm not going to say that I haven't shot a two-and-a-half-year-old. Um, I, I got a feeling there's probably at least one deer on my wall that's poking young as a two-and-a-half-year-old. Um, but I really don't have anything, man. If it if it gets me jacked, like, I'm probably going to let one fly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's yeah. the same way, man. I just wish I, uh, everybody else would be like that. <laughs> I had one year, I think it was 16 or 17. It may have been 16. I got hung up on this one deer, which is a horrible thing to do when you don't have time or the property. And I let like this right around a 130 walk because I, I just seen a 170 like 30 minutes before. So I let this 130 walk and I was like, you know, no big deal. I want to kill this big deer. Well, three days later, here come that 130 again. And I was all jacked up. I knew it was him, and he's on my wall. <laughs> that a boy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's 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 the the telling factor there for me. I mean, if if you're excited and he's the one you want, you you indulge. You go to full draw. <laughs> Let it eat. Yep. You know. And I can't imagine too, like how how many years you've been shooting trad now? Since seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, so yeah. I mean, you're still pretty new into the trad game, you know. Very so new. it's like, does that does that have a deciding factor in it too? It never did. It, nothing ever changed for me when I when I went into it. I went into it with confidence. Uh, the guy that kind of coached me through it this is from down south and he told me i was getting myself into a big rabbit hole but it it literally was like staying confident with the bow and it was a mental thing so that's how i went into it and i was like you know nothing's going to change for me all these deer i'm killing are or are close right around 20 yards and at that time i think i'd killed four or five pope and youngs in a row and you know every year i'd killed one so i was like might as well switch to trad and um no nothing changed man i've let some nice deer walk with uh with that with that bow actually last year i had a guy filming me uh connor wakefield and we had uh, just a solid two-year-old come by 
And he was like, bro, there's no way I could have ever done that on this piece of public with that bow that you got in your hand. Oh, We're talking, man. you know, 125 inch deer, roughly. I was like, ah, you know, just wasn't what I was looking for. Nothing right. wrong. I mean, if somebody else wanted to shoot it, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. Yep. It's it's funny because like the public land thing, like it's um it's in right now, like it's the trend and it's cool. But I've just been doing it for so long. It's just my this will be my 14th or 15th season hunting public land. Like I really don't care. Like I'm I'm not in it for that. Yep. What what uh, back back then when you changed from private to public? What what made you want to go public? Was it just the challenge, or was it like I'm losing a private piece and I had nowhere to go? So I'd always. I turkey hunted this big piece of public. Well, I say big. It was like 5,500 acres, bow only. And I, I shot some turkeys there with my bow, and I'd never deer hunted it. And I had this small uh, partial, like 60 acres. I called it Little Iowa. And it was just, I mean, just stacked with bucks. And um, I drove out there one day, and I'm, the landowner was waiting on me, and he you know, he kind of like started hopping on me. He's like, Josh, I told you, you know, when it's raining, you can't drive back here. I was like, you know, I, I don't drive back here when it's raining. I, I was like, those aren't my tracks, but I, I know whose they are. I had a guy out there that had been stealing the SD cards out of my cameras, and um, he he was acting like he leased the adjoining farm when he didn't. And uh, I just so happened to run into him like two weeks before, and he told me that he had drove out there at night and illegally spotlighted deer, not – I could kill anything, but just to look, which is still illegal in Kentucky. And uh, so I told him, I was like, this is the guy that's doing it. And I said, I got pictures of him on your property stealing cards out of of my cameras because those old school Bushnell trophy cams, when you took the SD card out of them, they still had an internal memory. So I got pictures of him. And I no sooner than got that out of my mouth, the guy pulled up. (laughs) make a long story short that guy spit in my face and i was like you know i'm just done with it and i think it was like the next week i went and hunted that piece of public i still to this day that day my very first day of deer hunting i seen the biggest deer i've ever seen in my life from the deer stand one upper 170s wow that's a stud anywhere on any piece of thanksgiving day Thanksgiving day. And then I went back the next time I went, I seen, oh, I can't remember. It was like two, a couple two year olds that were, you know, in the one twenties and a bunch of does. And then my third set was like a one forty and a bu- bunch of does. And I was like, man, like I've been, I've been missing out. Like I don't even see this, these kind of deer on, on private property. And then, so I just kind of slowly made the trend and now here I am. You know, you you talk about public land being like the in thing right now. I think, and Justin, I've talked about a little bit before, but I think trad's the next one. Trad trad's gonna be like the next big swing, and then honestly, I think that and like going no camo, like guys with like flannel again or khaki, like the no camo thing. I think is gonna come back. Well, I can tell you one thing. The whole trad thing won't last long. No, I don't think so. No, no, it it won't. It, it, it won't. It will not because I still going into, you know, three, four years down the road, have a hard time getting my arrows to fly good. 
Yep. It just, it, in my opinion, it won't happen now. I, I think it's good that people want to try and they do, and they need to stick with it. But, you know, for as far as being cool, it's just, I don't think it'll be for everyone. And you should. Saddle hunting is where it's at. Well, yeah, I <laughs> forgot about hopped saddle on hunting. The saddle. Yep, saddle hunting. Yeah, it's, I, I hunted out of a saddle for like three years back when it, when nobody were like, it was not that cool. Like I never heard of it, but the only reason why I heard of it is because John Eberhardt lives in my hometown and I bought my saddle from him. And so that's how I got into it. And I, I religiously for about two seasons hunted out of a saddle. It was comfortable, you know, but it was just different. I, I don't know if I gave it enough time, but I struggled out of it. I'm not going to lie to you. I get the, I get the, you know, pros to it and everything, but I just, you know, I hunted out of a hang on for so long that I just wanted to hang on. I just felt more comfortable with a hang on. And I guess that's where I'm at now, but you're right. I mean, saddle hunting, everybody's latched onto that right now. Yeah, it'll, it, it'll, it'll dwindle off. As soon as the next cool slightest stand comes out, <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll fade away. Yep. You talk about trad though, like for like a guy wanting to get into trad, what is a good setup? Like a good, like not break the bank, but like, what are the specs? Cause I remember last time you and I were kind of bullshitting. I think it was on the last podcast we did. I I was telling you about uh, a recurve that I have and you're like, Oh, that's a bad one to start on because of like how many pounds uh, it was and how long it was. Like what's a good setup to be effective with? Well, you gotta think you have you have zero you know it, when you pull that thing back you got it there's there's no breakover there's no anything and for somebody starting out i'm gonna say 40 to 50 pounds like for an average guy i'm gonna say 45 pounds and and shimmick makes a bow that's just a few hundred dollars it's nice you can get on ebay and find some i would buy something used because you you don't ever know if you're gonna like it right and it's it's tough man it really is it really is tough um just trying to you know get your arrows to fly good i i still struggle with that but i'd say your average bow you know for just starting out you can probably get in around 300 bucks i would buy one used i would look at ebay and i would definitely not go over 50 pounds I got you. What about length? Does that matter? Well, yeah, it does. They, a longer bow is definitely easier to shoot, and it's definitely uh, more forgiving. So I I would stick away from anything shorter than 58 inches. Like, both of my bows are 60 inches. Gotcha. Um, so a 60 inches, of, what, is that, what does that equate to, like, with a compound? Is that like a 34-inch axle-to-axle compound? You know, I really don't know. I'm going to say it's more like 38 Oh really? Okay. You know how all those competition archers shoot? I mean, they shoot the big, they shoot the long grass or bows. Um, I've never sh- personally shot a shorter bow like a fifty-five, but I, everybody that I've talked to just tells me like, "Hey man, like I'm just telling you, like you need to stay away from them." Yep. I got you. It's something that I've been wanting to dabble in. I talked to you about it two years ago. I've been wanting to do it. but And, Justin, you were talking about it too, weren't you? You wanted to get into the old trad game, didn't you? I don't know. I say a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did at one point. I was, I don't know. It would be fun to mess around and dabble with, but 
I'm I'm kind of in that phase where it's like I'm applying for six to ten tags a year, and I just want to hunt as much as possible. I don't want to make it any harder than it has to be right now. So, right. I'll, I might evolve into it, but it won't be anytime soon. When you get into it, like I went all in. Like everybody made fun of me. Like all of my close friends are like, "Man, you're gonna gimp. You're gonna gimp." something up and i know my time's coming but everything i've pulled back on has died and um <laughs> i mean it, it just i've been i've been fortunate but everybody made fun of me and was like you know you're gonna go back to the compound you're as soon as you wound one and i and i do know my time's coming but i sold my compound as soon as i bought my first recurve there was no turning back and you know going this far in like i just really don't see it any other way i mean you know you got guys like aaron snyder that can shoot 40 or 50 yards with one easy he is deadly man that guy is I mean, so, a deadly shot he, with a recurve he his excellence <laughs> yes he does so, <laughs> it's all you know if you want to put the time in it i mean it's very effective but it just that's what it takes is time and it's a big rabbit hole and when you when you don't have anybody there to coach you and you're literally like trying to figure out you know how do you lower your brace height how you bring your arrow to the left or right or because you want your arrow to hit where you're looking at like when you try to like figure all that out on your own man it's tough I, i i feel like you almost have to sell everything compound and go trad if you're doing it you gotta dive in I could not do that. <laughs> if I'm going to go trad, it'd be me like dabbling in the backyard until I feel comfortable. And then like, okay, I'm going to go try to shoot a doe with it first. Like I could not just sell all my compound stuff. I, I, it'd just be so hard for me to do that. But I feel like to be, and guys, I'm sure have done it without selling all their crap, but to be effective, like a guy like me, I would have to sell everything and just totally get sick with just trad you know you just have to relearn something yeah i mean that's pretty much you know how i had to do it but it really does change you or let me say that it changed me like everything slowed down for me when i grabbed that bow like i i looked at things different i started hunting different um my woodsmanship i'm it definitely picked up now there there were no more fifty sixty yard bombs, or even thinking about it. There was no more hunting field edges, which I I never done very much anyways. But it just it literally it's just so humbling, man. It just it pulls your inner woodsmanship out of you. It's just when you grab that bow. I mean, my wood bow. It's it's with arrows and all weighs about one pound six ounces. Really. It feels like a piece of popcorn in your hand. Is that with the quiver and everything? It's with everything. Wow. I will. I will admit, Aaron, that I I do have one. I've you have a recurve? No, I've actually got a handmade stick bow. Uh, one of my uh, professors in college, he made his own bows, and he would give these classes once a year, just like you know, six pack. Come meet me at the outdoor or the outside classroom, whatever on campus. And he would sit there and bring all his tools and show you how to make bows. And regrettably, I never did that, but 
Um, a buddy of mine who's now the big cat biologist for the state of Wyoming did, and he sent me one a few years ago, uh, handcrafted out of Osage with uh, antelope tips for the string keepers. I don't even know what they're called, but the, the tips of the antelope horn are what's on both ends of the bow. I got gotcha. you. That's what he's got notched out to keep the string on. You've never shot it? Are you Are you not intending to shoot it at all or just one of those keepsake uh, things? That's uh, more of a keepsake, kind of a cool piece to look at. and I don't know. It's got a handmade string. It's got, um, you know, like the beaver balls for the silencers. and I like beaver balls. Uh, it's just a nice, yeah. Beaver balls are nice. Gotta love beaver balls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's cool though. I mean, I've I've got a fiberglass, uh, a bear. I don't even know what it is. It's 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 down here in the basement somewhere. And but I <laughs> I remember I told you I, I it's like a sixty two pound bow. Like you have to be you have to be a man and a half to pull that back. Like you got to have hair in places that you don't normally get <laughs> hair. To pull that fucker back. Yeah. I can't even string the damn thing. Like, I'm just a pussy yeah. when it comes to stringing it. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like it's going to blow up on me. And I'm like, I don't even deal with it. I'm just like, it, it, it's just, it's an old one. So I'm, I need to get something different. So my carbon bow is 61 pounds at 28 inches. And I don't have any problem stringing it. Well, you're a bigger dude than me, though. <laughs> I'm talking I'm just messing with. I'm I'm five ten, a hundred and eighty pounds soaking wet. So, and I've got. I mean, it is twisted steel and sex appeal. But I just, I, I can't, I can't string the goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I don't ever take my string off. I I had to take it off the other day to add some more brace height to it to bring my arrow around. But I don't ever unstring mine. Now it it sucks. Really, especially if you, if you don't have a stringer, I can't do it without a stringer. I'm always scared I'm gonna twist the limb, so I always use a stringer. And it's that 61 pound bow I got. It's still a, it's still a beast. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's like I said, you gotta have hair in places that hair isn't supposed to be to to freaking man that thing. But ah, <laughs> uh, but what uh, what's your plans going this this fall? Are you just staying Kentucky? Or are you going out of state? So I already have my Indiana license, which, you know, I'm only I'm four miles and I'm in Indiana. So I got public ground close over there. I'm going to stay here at home unless I kill something. Now, if I stay furloughed like I am, like it's some stuff's going to die. I'll end up, hopefully I end up in <laughs> Indiana. Um, but I, I can't say that for sure, you know. But just here, I have four points for Iowa. I'm sorry, I have five points for Iowa. Why are you not drawing Iowa? I have one point for Kansas. Um, I'm waiting to go. Do you know who Nathan Killen is? Nathan Killen? No, I don't. Man, you you need to do a podcast with him. He's a super good Christian guy, and he has killed big deer where they don't exist. Is he from Iowa? No, he's from uh, Virginia. Okay. All right. Um, but I'm waiting for him to go. That way I don't have to spend two weeks there by myself. Gotcha. Uh, you know, but that's, that's the only reason. I gotcha. You only have, you have one point for Kansas. So you're not speaking of that. I mean, we're, 
we're recording today on the 21st. This is going to drop next Tuesday, but uh, today the drawing results for Kansas are in. I don't, Justin, I don't know if you've checked yours or not. I checked mine and it still says pending or uh, it says entered. Um, but I have a couple buddies that they did draw their archery tags. So I don't know if I've drawn or not yet, but so Josh, you didn't put in for this year. You just put in for a point. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm Chad from Exodus. My buddies at Exodus mentioned something about going here in a year or two and they just bought a point. So I just bought a point to be safe, but man, the way my work is, it's so hectic right now. And it's, it's weird times, man. We're recording this during some funky times. Like I, I can't even tell you if I'm going to get a vacation to hunt this year at all. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know, you know, I may have six points for Iowa next year and not even be able to go. Um, so it's just to to say, to say the least, I'm just going to be here. That's where I'm going to be at. I'm going to be at home, man. And I know Justin can, can attest to this. I mean, he lives there, but I did Iowa last year for the first time ever. I drew with three points going to four. And it, when you draw, just have as much time to be able to dedicate to Iowa as you can. If it's seven days, then do seven days. But if you can do longer, do it because, man, oh, man. I don't. Have you ever hunted Iowa before? I have not, no. Okay, so it's – I'll tell you what, man. It is a different world. Iowa is a different world than I mean. Iowa really should be like its own, like U.S. It should be its own continent, basically, <laughs> when it comes to deer hunting. And I know all the Iowans that are listening to this right now that are hunters are just mother scratching me up and down because they don't want people, you know, not residents to come in there. But I'm telling you, I'm sorry. You can't be mad at me. You just have the deer. You you have the biggest deer out there. So it's I all I can say is just dedicate as much time as you can to that season in Iowa that you can. Oh yeah. I, if I when I do go, I do plan to at least be there for two weeks. I would definitely make do it the that. first two weeks of November. I agree. Oh, I- yeah, that, that would probably be the plan. And I would say it would, I'm going to say it's going to be safe to say that I will be there in probably February this year scouting. I'd say I will. Well, I'll I know make, a guy that it. lives out there that could probably point in the little bit of a right direction for some public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may be yeah. hitting him up when we get off the phone. <laughs> I've, uh, I've put, I don't have it all figured out, but I've, I've seen a lot of it. It's, in southern Iowa, I've checked. I've checked out a lot of it and walked a bunch of it. He knows his shit, man. He knows his shit. I'll, I'll, oh, good. I'll, I'll attest to that. Like he, Justin knows what he's doing. So, and it's it's not just Iowa. He, wherever he goes, he seems like he kills somewhere. <laughs> so, well, I, I, I hope it. I don't know. I appreciate you saying that. I just, I hope. I hope I do that justice this year. I've I've got more deer tags in my pocket this year than I ever have. Well, I'm not I gonna lie. I, I mean, you in... and I you and I talked about it today, though. 2020. I mean, everybody knows it's just it can it can piss off. To be honest with you, I mean, we got a pandemic yeah. right now. I've been at home. Everybody's been quarantined. You know, states are just starting to open up, but like our studio in Midland, Michigan, is underwater right now. Basically, there's 
36 foot of water, two dams broke, and the the city of Midland, where our studio is, is it's only 30 miles from me, is, I mean, there is 11,000 people that had to evacuate in hours in one night, and nobody was killed, nobody was, like, severely injured, which is good, but, I mean, it, it's a bad deal right now, bad deal, I mean, for here anyway, but I know everybody's dealing with stuff, you know, and it's like, uh, it it's all the politics going on and and this pandemic it's just i'm just ready for it to be over like just done with it yeah um we all are (laughs) ready for it to be the fall (laughs) yeah um, let's just skip to august yep velvet scouting for bucks and mule deer hunting and i can't wait to scout for bucks and bean fields and glassing them up in the spotter and filming them. I love that. Probably my favorite time. Love doing that. Yeah. It's time to start. I started. If I started, everybody else can start. <laughs> I know it. You, hell, you can start hunting September 1, can't you? <laughs> yeah, first weekend of September, I'll be in the tree. That's nice. Even though it's hotter than the hinges of Haiti out there. Man, it doesn't matter. It's something about those summer months, man. It's like when even when the temperatures rise, like the like your temperature in you rises, like your blood just starts boiling. And yep. you're like, Oh yeah. Like it's it's getting close. For sure. You were talking about Indiana. Have you only hunted southern Indiana or have you went farther north at all in Indiana? No, I've only hunted southern Indiana and it straight up kicked my ass. That's like, how Ohio is with me. I'm not trying to think, come off and sound cocky in any way because I've killed, you know, several nice deer on public land. Like, I've had it handed to me over in Indiana. I'm getting it handed to me right now. Um, and I have spent a little bit of time in Indiana. It's just, it's been tough, man. It really has. Yeah. I've mainly, mainly only hunted big, big woods. And that big wood setting, man, it's, it's just, it's a different animal. It's a lot different than than this uh, than this ag stuff I, I like to hunt, you know. Yeah, definitely. And you're you're a big rolling timber guy, so I don't know what southern Indiana is. That pretty hilly down there, or is it pretty flat? So it's the same. It's the same. It's it's pretty much the same topography. But the the places I hunt, they are there's there's awesome hills. It, it's hill country. But either on top of the hills or in the valleys, you're going to have ag, like, or food plots. And so it's just, it makes for just killer public land hunting. And then, you know, when I bounce across the river, I won't lie, you know, when I hop over to the Hoosier and it's 200,000 acres and that there is none of that. And the deer per square mile drop in half, like, man, there's some giants over there, but it's some, it's some tough hunting. 200,000 acres is a lot of land. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Like, you just get on a road, and everything you see and drive on, you can hunt. For hours. You could probably drive for hours and just be public. Count, yeah, just different counties. It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. But it's for me, it's been tough, you know. That's nuts. That's crazy. So you're gonna oh, yeah. you're gonna stay around Kentucky, but you're probably gonna jump up to Indiana this year. You're gonna do Ohio at all? No, I got buddies in Ohio, but man, I just I don't know. If I do if I do Ohio, it'll be with Chad 
from Exodus, and it'll be it'll be big woods hunting. It'll be national forest hunting. Um, but I doubt I will. You know, if I go back to work like I'm supposed to in August, like I doubt I'll get a vacation. So you're looking at you know me only doing a handful of sets. You know, the rest of the year. Yep. Well, hopefully EHD doesn't hit you again, and hopefully the the herd rebounds a little bit. You know, better and. I don't know. I'll be interested. I should have you come on in a couple couple weeks just to see after your first or second trail cam pull, just to see what's there. You know, maybe August get you back on or September or something to just see what the hell came back and maybe you know see if that rebounded or whatnot. I'll have cameras up on that place by August. Um, you know, probably no more than five. But this new piece, I have three out on it. Um, they're all on mineral. Um, I actually put a cell camera out today, and it it's going off while we're talking. I haven't looked at it, but it's 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 taking pictures, so I don't know what's on it. Um, so I'm I'm curious, man. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I'm I'm kind of going into something I'm not used to. This scrubby flat ground, these river bottoms make me a little nervous, but um, I'm always up for a challenge. For sure, man. For sure. Well, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you loose here, man. We're we're at an hour, and I appreciate you coming out and doing this. And uh, don't want to take any more of your time up because I know you got a lot to do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I love shooting it with you guys, and if, yeah, I'd love to be back on here on August. Maybe we should we can talk some more tactics or something. Let's do it. Let's schedule it because I I know sure. our first episode we did was in September of I think it was 17. Let's do another August September episode and. Let's schedule it right now and put it in the books, and we'll do it up, man. Okay, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it.